0: Coming up on the Keto Camp podcast, we bring on Robbie Bentz.
1: Triggering fear and learning how to breathe through and, and let it go. And the more fearful situations I put myself through, the more my tolerance has increased. And as a result, you're really limited in your life to this isn't true for everybody, but like what your expectations are and what you try for and a lot of people it's like oh I, I'm you know I would fail at that or what if I get rejected? And because you're afraid to go for things, you don't try. And so the more you're comfortable with fear, and specifically failure and rejection, the more is available to you because the more you're willing to to try it. So it's getting comfortable with discomfort really opens the aperture of like what is available to you in life.
0: We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations Keto Camper, thanks you for pressing play today. Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at BenAzadi.com. Today, we have the CEO of Inward Breath Work. His name is Robbie Bent, and he's going to break down the parasympathetic nervous system versus the sympathetic nervous system. We give a great description and comparison of both of these nervous systems and how one of them is a human being. The other one is a human doing. We talk about self-exploration, facing your fears. We talk about his history, Robbie's history of sus- substance abuse issues and what did, what he did to change his life. We talk about carbon dioxide through breathing the right way, limbic system, nervous system, nitric oxide, and how to get better sleep, more parasympathetic, better digestion, better brain function and just better overall health with these simple breathing techniques. Who would have thought that controlling your breath, breathing the right way, could charge you up for the day, cool you down for the night, help you digest food better, and so much more. Robbie has an amazing app called the Other Ship Breathing App. It is such an awesome app with music and guidance and great little sections, one minute long, two minute long, 10 minutes long, that you could just put on your phone to get you energized for a workout, energized for work, cool down, uh, more parasympathetic, rest and digest before a meal, get you ready for bed, depending on if you want to be up or down. The app makes it very simple for you. So we're going to drop a link down below for the Othership Breathing app. I recommend every single one of you go download this app. If you click the link in the show notes down below, you could download it right now. And we'll have an amazing conversation. I truly believe if you could really master the balance of the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic nervous system, you are going to thrive with keto and fasting and everything that you're doing out there. This is very important. It is essential. It's not sexy to talk about breathing, right? But it is one of the fundamentals to health. And you're going to learn that today with Robbie. Before I bring on Robbie, I just want to take a second here to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from ANNP-Atlanta titled, Very Informative. I've been binging these episodes. So much valuable information to help me get my keto done better. Ben gives solid advice, lots of tips, all focused on health and nutrition. Thank you for these episodes. And thank you. I'm so glad you're listening and binging. We do put out a lot of episodes. We have a brand new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So this is going to be, I hope, your go-to keto fasting ancient healing strategy podcast. And we're committed to getting the message out there. So thank you for leaving that rating and review. Thank you for listening. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcast, please do so right now. Just a quick reminder here, I have my upcoming 90-day detox program coming right up. For 90 days, I'm going to guide you in a small group, intimate setting, teach you how to detox the number one cause of cellular inflammation in your body, toxins. Heavy metals such as mercury, lead, and others. And we know detox is in vogue. We know that you go to the grocery store, you go to Whole Foods, there's a whole aisle dedicated to detox All of that is downstream. Coffee enemas and cleanses and all that, yeah, that could be helpful, but it's not going to get the metals out from deep within your tissues, especially the hypothalamus pituitary brain tissue. So for 90 days, I'm going to guide a small group here on how to do this the right way. You'll get to work with me in a small intimate setting, four group coaching calls on Zoom with me. Along with an online portal with videos from Dr. Dan Pompa, Dr. Mindy Pels, and many, many others that I get to work with. If you want to be one of the five spots left, the link to learn more, watch a video, and get signed up for it is ketocampdetox.com. We include all the supplements and testing kits as well with the price of the program ketocampdetox.com. Okay, let's have a fun conversation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy and breathe and enjoy this conversation. I'm excited to bring on Robbie Bent, who's the co founder and CEO of Inward Breathwork. Before Inward, Robbie was the founder of two tech companies in Romly and Envy Energy and an employee at Ethereum. Based in Toronto, Robbie has a sauna and cold bath in his backyard and garage. He also has a facility where he teaches people how to do this the right way. He's doing incredible work. Here's Robbie Bent. Robbie Bent, welcome to the KetoCamp Podcast, brother.
1: Thanks, Ben. Happy to be here.
0: You are doing some cool things. We were just talking offline for a bit, and we'll get into some of the, the breath work, the apps, the physical locations you have and are coming to America as well. And we'll get into the parasympathetic nervous system versus the sympathetic nervous system and nitric oxide, limbic system, all cool things. But before we get there, Robbie, your story is pretty incredible and inspirational. If you could go back to a time where you were struggling with uh, a few things in your life? And and what happened along the way to get to where you are now?
1: That's well, a great place to start is you know the, the
0: bottom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and so just to, to paint a picture, you know, uh, 28, I'd been working for four years on this startup, I had 100 people working for me, my parents had invested, friends had put in like millions of dollars, my entire income was tied up. And for two years, the last two years, it really wasn't working. And so this just like, consistent anxiety, of what's going to happen when this thing fails, you know, and like, where's my paycheck going to come from? How am I going to live? What am I going to tell my friends? What are people going to think of me? And just this nervous, this nervous feeling. And so I, you know, over those last two years, I ended up having to fire, you know, 100 people. Wow. Uh, the company failed, you know, very like embarrassing to talk to this friend who lost the money personally I had to sell my car and move out of my apartment. And, moved back in with my parents and so I was at the space 28 and felt like a a a failure for the first time in life like really feeling like a a loser I guess for lack of a better term and so when was that what year I was like 2016 2014 2014 ish 2014 2015 yeah okay um yeah so like 2014 2015 and so um just didn't know what I was gonna do in life felt like hey I don't really have any skills even though uh, you know you actually learn a lot when you're running a business you, you don't necessarily know that you're learning but it was like oh what you know i have this random weird job of founder in this uh, industry i wasn't passionate about it was a telecom company that i was just like trying to make money and when that didn't work i was also struggling with addiction and so i really really love stimulation I could work really long hours. I love. I used to love partying, going out, being social. I love sports. I would love like things that like like excitement. If I watch TV, I could binge Netflix for a whole weekend. So <laughs> I also like alcohol and drugs. Uh, for me, like just love drug use. And from high school through university, and when things at the company went really bad, that's what I turned to. I had no mental practices, and even though I knew a lot about health, like I've done keto and been into fasting and and you know exercise for for years more than a decade, maybe two decades now and would be healthy during the week. And then on the weekend, wouldn't know what to do to go out, you know, have a couple of glasses of wine and that would lead to liquor and that would lead to cocaine. And I would disappear for for two days. And it got worse and worse as I got older from, you know, kind of 23 to about 28. Um, and so I'm in this place, living in my parents' basement, you know, no money, can't afford to go for dinner and uh, doing drugs. And <laughs> it just like really feeling like I was in, uh, in a rut and so that that was sort of where the, the journey got started
0: and and when you were in that rut what changed for you like how did you what was the first step to get out of that rut it was slow and steady like i just felt at the
1: time like just my heart was broken you know i felt like there's when i woke up in the morning like there's nothing i'm going to be able to do to overcome this like like how was, it just felt like there was no doorway you know i didn't, didn't know what to do and so i'd read Uh, you know, the four hour work week, and I got into Tim Ferriss. And I just thought like, okay, if I can master my morning routine, at least like that's something I can control, I can wake up, I can I can do that. And so through that, I learned about like gratitude journal and meditation, simple stuff, some headspace, but it kind of opened my eyes to, hey, there, there might be some power in some of these practices. And it also opened my eyes to like, I need to change my environment. And so if you're struggling, and you're listening, like how is it possible to change your environment radically It makes it easier to implement new behaviors? And so I moved to Israel, which, you know, again, I don't have kids at the time and had no ties. And so it was, was a easy thing to do in some ways, but in others, you know, I don't speak Hebrew. I'm not Jewish. I went out there. I had a job opportunity with like somebody who invested in my startup and I lived out there for a year, you know, alone and, and just sort of started to reshape my my personality And there, like I you know, stopped using drugs. I got into meditation. I'd heard about this thing called a Vipassana retreat. And so it's 10 hours of meditation a day for 10 days, very strict schedule, no talking, just sitting, breathing in in almost one position for this entire time. And it was the first time I started to notice these feelings of like, why was it important to me to be successful? Why was I working so hard? Why did I want to make money and take risks? Why was I using drugs in the first place? A lot of that stuff runs on autopilot. And so for people listening... You wake up and you get into the fight or flight, which we're going to talk about. You have your coffee, you check your phone, boom, dopamine hit. I'm in it. You know, I check Slack. What's my email saying? And, you know, you're, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just in it. You're executing. You're productive. You're taking your kids somewhere. You're, you know, you're doing tasks. And that's 99% of people's lives. And so if you heard that resonates with you, you know, that's kind of where we all are. And as a result, it becomes very difficult To be in the other side of the nervous system the the parasympathetic state which is where we find meaning emotion you know like think about when you're eye gazing or laughing or cuddling or having sex or eating you're feeling right and you're noticing these emotions that are coming up we call it like emotional regulation just the ability to understand how you feel and i had zero of that i was burnt out working and and if you don't understand how you feel you're not going to know how you act or why you act. So it becomes so difficult to make change without awareness. And so that meditation retreat for me, while it's like, sounds insane, most people are probably (laughs) like, what are you talking like a hundred hours? I could never do that. And the reality is meditation is so hard, right? Like it's really hard habit. Most of my, like nine out of 10 people are like, yeah, I tried calm. I had it on my phone. I used it a bit. It was a struggle. And it's because it's not normal to sit and become aware of your thoughts and the feedback cycle can take a long time. And while it's amazingly beneficial, it was just really tough. And so when I did that retreat, it's like two years of headspace or calm in in 10 days. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're learning the skill of like what it should feel like. And so that sort of started my, my transformation while I was there, I, you know, learned about breath, obviously, and then psychedelic medicines, did a ayahuasca retreat shortly after that, I was invited to And from that point on, using those two techniques, I've actually been sober ever since. And they were really powerful for me having these deep dive psychedelic journeys every once in a while. And then this daily meditation practice, which then became a breathwork practice. And so, you know, to kind of end that story or that segment, after that, I joined the Ethereum Foundation really early on, found financial success, and it was a complete 180. I met my wife, and I attributed a lot of that like success and hard work to, you know, being sober, being happy. Uh, being aware of my thoughts and emotions. And I was like, I really want to teach these skills to others. And and that's how I kind of got into breathwork and ice baths and saunas. Uh,
0: really, really fascinating journey. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, 10 hours a day for 10 days, 100 hours in 10 days. How was that on day one? Like the first five hours, was it challenging for you? Or did you like ease right into it? Like what were those first few hours like? Oh, there's no
1: easing. They're, they're so and, <laughs> and I've done it four times. And so you you know, every time I'm like, Oh, I'm, like 10 is not going to be enough. I'm ready. And then you get there and it's like, Oh man, this is hard. Like I have points you want to leave. And the first night, like no matter how much practice you've had and people are like, Oh, I need to like, you know, ease into it. And it doesn't really matter how much you've been practicing. The difficulty is still the same. And so you sit for that first, like two hours in the evening. And after 15 minutes, it's just, how am I going to sit here for two hours, let alone like the hundred hours across the 10 days. And, and so as you go more times you become more used to it but that feeling of like fear like wow my body's not going to be able to handle this it's so uncomfortable and you do start to ease into it like two to three days more so but the first few hours are are nuts every time especially when you you hand in your phone at the start and you're kind of waiting around and so just sitting waiting around without your phone it's like people it goes back to this nervous system state and regulating your state we're always turned up turned on like when are you bored you know, and in your day, how, how many times of let's say even a three minute or one minute period where you're just sitting, you know, it's like look for your phone, start doing work, watch TV. Like there's so much stimulation. So it's such a nice pattern interrupt just to like slow the amount of stimulation you have.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And you're right. This is a dopamine nation, and people are checking their phone. I read a stat that the average American. Is scrolling on their phone enough times in one day with their finger to climb the Empire State Building? Like that's a lot of damn scrolling, and that's a lot of dopamine hits, and you become more um, resistant to the dopamine, similar to like an insulin resistance, and you just need more dopamine hits and more. But what Robbie's saying is having these intentional delegated times where you're to yourself. Eliminating the phones, eliminating the dopamine hits—you kind of reset that. That some some people call it like dopamine fasting, where you have an entire day, similar to your your 10-day uh, uh, meditation retreat. That's a huge dopamine fast there. So um, when you mentioned sympathetic versus parasympathetic, I, I like for people to understand this really really well because when we think about—I uh, love Dr. Wayne Dyer's work. Are you familiar with Dr. Dyer? No. So, Dr. Wayne Dyer is is a brilliant man. He's passed away now, but he talks about human beings versus human doings. (laughs) So if we're sympathetic, 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 we're human doings. We're not being, we're not feeling, we're not experiencing. And you mentioned like when you're in the parasympathetic, you are feeling, you are being, you're experiencing, you're getting the oxytocin, you're living, I believe God's living it through you and experiencing that through you. So how do we transition more so on the parasympathetic side? And how do we do it with breath work specifically? What are some easy things that we get started with?
1: Super interesting. The breath controls our autonomic nervous system and it works both ways. So if you are afraid, you have an emotional response, that emotional response is going to dictate your breath. You're going to start breathing through your chest. You're going to start breathing faster. When you're naturally calm, you will breathe slower, but it works in the reverse. So you can actually use your breath to trigger your state. And so what that means is, is, I like to think about the sympathetic as like up, right? And so we'll just call it up. And so that's gas pedal, you know, coffee. So that is available. And then the parasympathetic is is down. So that's the break. And that's, you know, anti-anxiety, clarity, relaxation, gratitude, happiness, feeling, emotion, meaning. And so there's, there's many ways to switch, like all breath work. And so you may have heard box breathing, coherent breathing, transformational breathing, Wim Hof method, TUMO, holotropic breathing. All of these boil down to fast breathing, rapid breathing, you know, uh, this up or slow breathing, this down and shifting between state. And there's a little more to it than that, but but just that's what you can think about is what I can do with my breath is shift my state on command in less than five minutes. So if I need energy in the morning, sympathetic breathing, gas pedal, Boom, I can increase focus, become in the zone, beat procrastination, replace my morning coffee, have this like this this energy. And this is like Wim Hof. You may see these people outside like pumping themselves up for, yeah. for ice water. And I can get in the science. But then parasympathetic is the opposite. And some some nice techniques or versions of this. The parasympathetic nerves are in the bottom of the lung. And so, to shift into a parasympathetic state, you might have heard of like, you know, four, seven, eight breathing, which is inhale four, hold seven, exhale eight, pioneered by Dr. Andrew Weil. You may have heard of box breathing, which Navy SEALs use for focus. So, it's like in four, hold four, out four, hold four, like a box. And what you're doing with these slow breathing, another one is, is Boteco, which is reducing the amount of oxygen you're inhaling, reducing the amount of carbon dioxide. You're exhaling as a result, allowing more carbon dioxide to build up in the body. And so all what all these methods have in common, you're breathing deep into the lungs where the parasympathetic nerve system is. And so you see they're like really slow inhales through the nose. Inhale increases inspiration energy and even longer exhales. So funny enough, the best way to get into the parasympathetic nervous system is by lengthening the exhale and including breath retention, like little holds. Mm. So you might hear... A therapist being like, "Oh, you know, you are this like mis- misconception of if you're nervous, like take a big deep breath yeah, all yeah, the com- time. Completely wrong, right? Like big mm-hmm. breath in increases the heart rate. It actually boosts energy um, and heart rate, as yeah. you mentioned. And so you you really, if you're nervous, the best thing you can do is just like we'll call it a rule of like three, rule of five, but like three long slow exhales with retention. So breathe through the nose, nice long slow exhale." Little five second hold at the end, another breath in, nice long slow exhale for everyone listening. And if you do that three times, like you can feel your state shift, right? And so it's amazing. Like if we're just having this conversation, and you put one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, and you just take a deep breath into the belly, like just a nice long slow, you can feel the tension in your shoulders drop you know and it's as simple as that and so parasympathetic breathing is is slowing the exhale uh, increasing breath retention reducing the amount of oxygen and as a result you'll move into that parasympathetic system and so you can do that before uh, eating which is fantastic it's going to help with digestion oh, yeah. it's increase great tip. blood flow yep. to the organs you can do it uh, after work so for me like 14 hours a day I'm on my computer I'm on zoom I'm building a business I'm in email I don't I'm not even a human being I'm so jacked up on like coffee and even with these practices. And, you know, so like I shut my computer, it's like, I'm gonna go talk with my wife and I, I don't feel anything. And so I can do like, five minutes box breathing, you know, and just I convert back into that, like feeling I'm in my body and my, my emotions. And so it's fantastic in between, like a high stress situation and wanting to relax to prepare you for like a social engagement. And then before bed, if you're like, mine's racing. You, know, you can focus on your breathing. And where meditation at night, a lot of people are like, I'm just thinking about what I have to do tomorrow. This is a way where you put on music, you breathe to this pattern. And there's just tons of evidence that breathing in this, these particular patterns, like coherent breathing is another, uh, reduces resting heart rate, significantly increases heart rate variability, which is like our number one metric for resilience. So there's just like tons of scientific evidence. So the question then is like, how do you get people to actually do this, to spend the 10 minutes. And so on our app, we have this really clever hack where we have music for walking and for cooking at the specific breath patterns or for working. And so you're working and you just breathe along at the specific rate for you. So whether it be, and we can get into the specific styles, but some type of slow or down session, which we have every day, can help you in any of these situations. And it's just, it's mind-blowing the changes in people's overall health and mental state.
0: Yeah, and I was uh, actually using the app before we we hopped on here. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, very professional, first and foremost. The audio sounds great. The music sounds great. The visuals sound great. I actually have it right here on my phone. And what I was looking at was a couple of things. I knew I was caught hopping on here with you. So I knew that I wanted to energize myself. So I did one to kind of energize myself. And then I'm like, all right, now that I energize myself, I'm going to see if I could calm myself down and do some... So then I did the Uh, one that calmed me down, which was it says down and then there's up. So you explain it the same way. And then I felt more relaxed. I'm like, okay, now I want to try something else. I went to this altitude lounge. And it's like this funky little room where I'm listening to music and breathing. This helps me because I know a lot of the stuff that you're explaining, not to your extent. But I've interviewed like Patrick McEwen, and I've read his books and James Nestor and all that. But even knowing it, Sometimes I'm like, all right, maybe not today. All right. But when I have, if I have something like this, I could just say, all right, let me just open up the app and select one thing. And then for the next three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, I'm going to just dedicate myself to that app. And I don't even have to think about it. I'm just going to follow along with it. So I love the app. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, This is the best thing i've ever tasted if it's been a while it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised which not only affects the flavor profile but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals and believe it or not even products that are labeled as grass fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms which is why i am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part, this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. Head to the podcast notes down below. Click the link. Enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. The app, by the way, is called Mothership Breathing App, right?
1: Othership. Othership with an O.
0: Yeah. uh, Othership. Oh, why did I say mothership? I had mothership in my notes. Othership, excuse me, which is on Apple. It's on Google. So where can they get it? Well, we're going to put a link down below. But why did you create it? And how do people use the app?
1: Yeah, so the idea, you know, we're really obsessed with these peak experiences and a peak experience can happen through breath work. It's it's kind of for people listening like flow state, you know? And so we were always like, how do we help people get into flow state? And so like saunas, ice baths, these things that almost create a state of fear and a a sympathetic state shift that then teaches you to master your emotional resilience and shift to parasympathetic. To try to like use peak experiences to teach people they can shift their state and stop or quiet the thinking mind was like we've been working on this stuff for for years and so during the pandemic we were doing breathwork in a little garage on a residential street and just having our friends over for ice bath sauna breathwork sessions that's cool and you know we had a community of thousands of people that would show up you know 40 50 people a day and it was like what they did for their mental health and for like to find belonging and like friendship and hang out without alcohol and we had these amazing breathwork sessions where we'd have live music and, you know, many facilitators and like kind of like parties after without alcohol. And then during COVID, we started doing them on Zoom. And so it's a family business, myself, my wife, like three of our best friends. And we just, every week we would do like many sessions and people were asking on YouTube, like, can you put on the recordings? And got to a point where we'd made 50 and we're like, wow, I wonder if people will pay for this. So we, we made a little course and people paid. And then, you know, sure enough, the, the they were like, oh, this course is shit like i can't log in and you know it's like i'm using it every day there's too much content and so we thought like oh maybe we could build an app and so we got all this advice got a ton of help went to like different you know entrepreneur schools and stuff like that and uh, this is our passion like this is what helped me deal with addiction and stay sober was having like a community and these activities i could do instead of alcohol and it was amazing like during COVID, we created fear release sessions right and people who couldn't even like open the door when a delivery guy would come wouldn't even leave their house for six months would do some of these deeper fear release sessions and, and conquer their fear and I'd get messages like this changed my life. You know, I'm no longer addicted. I'm like, I'm no longer afraid. I'm doing better at my job. And it just really felt right. So we, we decided like, okay, let's build this app. And so we built the app. We launched it a few months ago and and like, it's like all my dreams are coming true. You know, Ben Greenfield posted the other day, like this is his favorite app and he's using it. And that's like one of my health, heroes is somebody like when I was at my lowest I got advice from and this feels so good to like be in this and doing something that's helping a lot of people and I found so many people struggling with meditation and just thought like hey maybe this is a way that makes it fun like you said exactly like you said right like ah, I know I should do this I should breathe properly but just putting on headphones quick content that's five minutes long with like a song you like that feels like very good production value felt special um, so we built that and then we've also launched, um, we stuck with our dream during COVID and we launched a new space with the 50 person sauna and four ice baths with <laughs> the idea that you come and do breathwork classes in this space and then at night you hang out instead of, you know, it's kind of like a Soho house vibe where it feels cool and um, welcoming and like well designed, but then it's, it's healthy.
0: Yeah, so that's in, in the, the location you have is in Toronto, but you have plans to expand to the US. So share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, my goal for this, or our, our team's goal, is to really solve the loneliness epidemic. And there's this interesting stat that, I mean, it sounds insane, right? Like, who's going to do that? But that's really like with the rise in cell phones, this increase in fight or flight state that, you know, and overwhelm everyone's feeling. The number of close friends the average person has in North America has went from three to 0.8. So that means most people don't even have a single close friend. And I've just seen it in like my own community of like always on the phone, isolated. COVID made it 10 times worse. Yeah. Is I really want to provide people with space to like feel their emotions, regulate them and do it in community. And so our vision is to have one of these in every city. We're looking at spaces now in Austin and and New York and but every city in the US and then an app where you can go and people you did class with, you can talk to them. You can meet them. So if you're in New York and you... You know, you go to LA, like boom, you can find your tribe and like go do hot cold with them in the space and hang out. And the whole idea is like this giant community of people that are like pushing for mental wellness, pushing for more meaning in their life, want to feel good. And so, just our whole team is really inspired to just create something like that that's going to help people feel connected.
0: It's great. So it's a very worthy ideal. I love that. And that's a sad stat: zero point eight. You know, you're right. COVID made things worse, and. Everything is now politicized and polarized. And now you have the metaverse coming out. It's like, we got to put a dent in this because the metaverse scares me <laughs> in many, many ways. Um, so anyways, that's awesome. We're going to put a link for your app, Othership, down below in the podcast notes. But I, I want to talk a little bit more with you about... Because you mentioned earlier, and this is a great tip that Robbie said, And in, in case you missed it doing this breath work to activate the vagal tone, the parasympathetic before eating a meal could be a great way to get more from that meal. So could you talk about that? How is doing the breath work, especially the parasympathetic side of it, going to help you digest food better?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like really, really simple. So when you... And for everyone to understand, imagine you're walking down like a dark alley, right? And you're afraid and like you hear a noise, like boom, cat jumps out immediately your mind thinks, hey, this could be dangerous. Blood flow rushes to the brain, away from the organs and to the muscles. So you're like ready to to fight, to flee. And so that's happening to you every time you look at your phone in the morning. You know, you get a message, like you're five minutes late for the call, like bam. And so as a result, you're not getting the blood flow you need to your digestive organs, right? Your digestive system is like, not like effectively turned off, but in a simple way, let's say it's not operating as effectively. So when you sit and do 5 minutes 4 minutes of slow breathing long slow exhales with some retentions you are sending you're triggering that parasympathetic state you're sending blood flow from the brain and muscles to the organs preparing yourself for a meal for digestion so it's actually like recommended to do that style of breathing before you eat and then eat without looking at your phone and with stimulation because you're kind of giving your body mixed signals and so especially for people who are worried about like diet inflammation all this stuff and one of the best things you can do is be aware when you're eating. And so the best way to be aware is to get out of the state of just like thinking and being frantic. And if you think of how an ancestor would eat, you know, a thousand years ago, you'd be hunting, you would stop, you would eat together in a group. There'd be no distraction. There was no TV, no phones. And so you're confusing your body by trying to, Sit at your desk, eat your sandwich, look at your emails. You know, in your emails, eating your sandwich, not chewing properly, not chewing enough, which actually also impacts your your breathing, um, which we can talk about. But that is why I think it's really nice to try to move into parasympathetic state before eating.
0: Yeah, and if you're constipated, you you're too much sympathetic probably. Think about what Robbie just said. If you're in that alleyway and something spooks you, and you get that fight or flight response, or you're in just chronic stressful response, your body doesn't want to eliminate, meaning going to the restroom and pooping. The body wants to fight or flight. It doesn't care about losing the bathroom right now. So getting into parasympathetic could also help with digestion. It could help with constipation. Because the question I get asked a lot, Robbie, especially when I do my lives is, I hit a plateau on keto or I hit a weight loss plateau. I hit a weight loss stall. My answer is always the same. Okay, if you hit a stall, let's look at the fundamentals and make sure the fundamentals of health are optimized. Sleep stress and movement. So what we're talking about here is actually all of it, but it's primarily the stress part. Because if you're too sympathetic, you get higher levels of cortisol. What follows cortisol is glucose. What follows glucose is insulin. And if you want to be in ketosis, when that goes up, ketones drop. So what are some other things we can do here? Doing this before eating a meal. You mentioned doing this before bed. So in the app specifically, what are some go-tos you would recommend for eating before eating a meal and before bed? So literally
1: anything in the down section, like they're all geared The down is just all parasympathetic breathing styles and just kind of choose one that you like based on the time that you have. And so three minutes is better than no minutes, but sometimes you may want an 18 minute where you're breathing and doing a body scan before bed, like relaxing the tension in your muscles. I think if you want to stack, a lot of people often do stack with no eating close to falling asleep because that's going to impact your breathing and then your sleep. And so. What happens when you eat acidic foods, especially like, you know, that Uber Eats order, which I'm guilty of if people are, are listening, especially if I'm stressed, your body needs to regulate its pH balance. And as a result, it starts over breathing, letting go of carbon dioxide, which can cause dehydration in the evening. So if you wake up, it can cause both mouth breathing and dehydration. So when you're breathing through your mouth, you're not absorbing the amount of oxygen that you, you need. Um, so you just really want to avoid eating before bed. And you'll, you can notice if you're mouth breathing, if you wake up and your mouth is dry, it's like a good rule of thumb. It might be like, Hey, you're, you're mouth breathing. And so even, you know, one thing you can try is mouth taping, which Patrick McKeon probably talked about yeah. when he was on the, on I the show. I do it every night. I do it every night too. It's amazing. So that can, that can help your resting heart rate, your HRV, like that simple mouth taping, not eating before bed, and then breathing in a coherent pattern which is usually like it changes per person, but it's in the range of like six seconds in six seconds out. And James Nestor talks about this, like the perfect breath in his book. So I would say any of these down sessions on the app combined with not eating like two to three hours before bed, especially not acidic forming foods like fast food is gonna help with inflammation, breathing patterns, sleep, dehydration, uh, all the above. And so that's like just such a good place to start is kind of owning your evening. Because if you own your evening, when you wake up your willpower will be significantly better because you had a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to change that little habit, I would say if you even like bonus points, you can stack with no TV and blue light. And so you probably talk about that, but it's like, how am I getting to sleep in a good way? And so turning off my computer at a specific time, doing a breath work to like shift into my parasympathetic, relaxing, going for a walk, whatever it is. And then before bed, you can do one more to help you get to sleep. Use your mouth tape and like you'll be good to go. And then you'll feel better in the morning. It's easier to stick to your habits.
0: Such an important tip because, yeah, like you said, you're, you're going to feel better in the morning. You're going to get to start your day without having to rely on a stimulant. You're going to win that morning to win the day. But also, you get a lot of amazing things that happen during sleep. The like lymphatic system is activated. You're burning fat. You're detoxing. You're repairing. You're restoring. And if you're not getting quality sleep because A, you're eating too close to bed or B, your mouth breathing or stimulation before bed, that's going to cause an issue with everything that you're doing with keto and fasting, et cetera. So that's a pro tip right there. Hey, Keto Camper, what if there was an easy way to help detoxify your body, ease stress, unwind, and hey, even burn more calories? What I'm talking about is sauna usage. Now, there's a lot of studies that show the benefits of using a sauna, and it could be kind of complicated complicated. Because they're expensive and typically you have to go to a facility to use a sauna. What I love about my sauna is that it's a blanket that I use at the comfort of my own home. I use the one from Bond Charge. And sauna blankets work by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise. So you burn calories while you're relaxing. And you could burn up to 600 calories in one session. Sweating also helps flush out toxins like heavy metals from your body and elevating your heart rate while relaxing releases endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric. I feel like I just got a 60 minute massage when I get out of this thing. It works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna. This means you get the same benefits at a lower heat. You also don't need to have your head in the heat like a traditional sauna. It's very easy to use. You can enjoy a session of 30 to 45 minutes while relaxing, reading, watching TV, or meditating. It's easy to clean. It's low EMF, especially compared to other brands out there. Simple and easy to get set up. And even more important, you, Keto Camper, are offered a nice coupon code for Bond Charge's products, including their infrared sauna blanket. So head over to bondcharge.com ketocamp and use the coupon code Keto camp at checkout to get 15% off your order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code in the podcast notes. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. So the down part of the app is for that parasympathetic. The up, of course, is more for energizing. So if you wanted to exercise, you'd hit that up button to get in more of like an energetic state, correct? So
1: the up is creating a fight or flight response. And so it's, you know, as I mentioned in that alley example, you're sending blood flow to the brain, you're getting prepared, you know, you're increasing it like alertness. And so you're actually increasing norepinephrine in the brain. And so that's a neurotransmitter for like mood, attention, vigilance. So this is like, you know, your afternoon coffee, your, your morning routine, you're hyping yourself up and you're creating a, and this is the difference between breathing and, and meditation. Breathing is about shifting your state where meditation is about focus and awareness on your, of your thoughts and emotions And so for many shifting state, it's like, okay, I I drink coffee now to shift my state. You know, I get that. Okay, I can do that with breathing. Like I'm going to try that in the afternoon and maybe reduce my caffeine intake. So just think of that as like up or down. And so we have amazing morning routine tracks that combine, you know, some up breathing with uh, gratitude practice, all with good music. So it's like your morning routine, you pop on six minutes, boom, shifted my state up. I thought a little bit about something that I'm grateful for today. I'm ready to go. The third Reason you might use breathing or buckets, we call explore. So imagine like up down and explore. And this is where the name other ship comes from. It's it's using these peak experiences that take you on a journey. And so it's not a spaceship, it's not a mothership, it's just an other ship. And it's like kind of the ship you want to take. You know, where do you want to journey to? And that sort of signifies these deeper experiences. And so when you're breathing out so much carbon dioxide through this up style of breathing what happens your blood vessels constrict and the amount of oxygen that's delivered to the brain slows. As a result, your limbic system gets all kinds of signals and your like sense of self sense of time distorts the part of your brain. That's like, I'm not good enough. I have all these tasks. It slows and quiets. And as a result, it's believed that your body starts to process stored emotion, right? You get like really into the body and and start to let go. And so some people talk about using this to prepare for psychedelic experiences. But what it's really great for is like this idea of regulating emotions, which is feeling into stuck emotions and letting them go. And so I've seen just like people, you know, 30 minutes of this style of breathing and they're they're crying. They're like, it's really great if you're grieving loss of a partner or family member, if you've lost your job, if you're feeling shame, if you've just got in a, a breakup, if you're moved, if you're not feeling confident, it's a really great way to shut down the overactive thinking mind and start to process these emotions and let them go. So if you're feeling like, man, I'm just stuck, I feel awful. This is like, for me, what really helped when I was in those throes of addiction is just like like actually releasing, like letting go of these challenging things that we like tend to hold on to. So that's the third reason you might want to use breathwork is to regulate emotions, which just means like feeling into them and
0: letting them go. That's very interesting. What is the, uh, the current cost of the app right now?
1: The app is $19 a month, but we also have a scholarship program. And so accessibility is pretty important to us. So we copied Sam Harris in that way, where it's a premium product. But there is a scholarship option if you can't afford it. So you can DM me on Twitter. My my DMs are open. Happy to gift you with a membership if you want to test it out. And affordability is an issue.
0: That's awesome. What is your Twitter handle? At Robbie Bent one. At Robbie Bent one. We'll put that down below. Um, So you've done ayahuasca. You've done a 10-day meditation retreat to get 100 hours of meditation. I I remember you saying as I was studying for this that there was a point of your life, and maybe you're still doing this, that you had fears and you said, I'm going to go towards the fears. I'm going to... Everything that I'm scared of, I'm going to go towards. So what sparked that? And then what are some other things you did to
1: conquer fears? So I think I, I... When I was at my low, this low point, and, you know, I think Tools of Titans was around that time. It might have been a bit before, a bit after, but it, I had read that, and, like, Tim Ferriss made a huge impact on me. And one of the interviews was with Jamie Foxx, and he's like, what's on the other side of fear, you know? And it's like nothing. And I just thought, okay, well, my life, I was scared of bullies in high school. I was scared of, like, what my parents were going to think if I took, didn't take a job in finance. I was scared of, like not having any money and like I'm scared of like girls not like I just felt always like fear of what are people going to think it would just like even since I was a little kid I was like scared of monsters and stuff so just you know in like the basement with the darkness and I actually went and lived in a cave for eight days in complete darkness like this year which we can get (laughs) as well but it it was this idea that okay I've been afraid I want to change okay what's on the other side of fear that like really hit home and so just like I'm gonna just start trying harder and harder things And notice what my response is in those situations. And that, you know, there's this like idea of a fear setting to deal with fear. And there's this idea of like small exposure to conquer fear. And so it's, you know, if you're afraid of heights, can you look off a balcony on story one? Can you look off a balcony on story five? Can you do like a glass floor walk in a building? Can you skydive? Can you skydive 10 times? And eventually with enough exposure, you gain mastery over fear. And fear is really, fear and excitement are really the same things. It's a ramping up of the sympathetic nervous system. And so I just found it really interesting in putting myself in these like really hard situations and watching how the body responded. And even in the dark retreat, it was like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like, I know something's not going to grab me, but like it's pitch black. I can't see. It's cold. I'm in this cave, like by yourself. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy. And, you know, what if somebody grabs me? And then you just have to breathe through it. And so you're triggering fear and learning how to breathe through and, and let it go. And so the more the more fearful situations I've put myself through, the more my tolerance has increased. And as a result, you're really limited in your life to, this isn't true for everybody, but like what your expectations are and what you try for. And a lot of people, it's like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I would fail at that. Or what if I get rejected? And because you're afraid to go for things, you don't try. And so the more you're comfortable with fear, and specifically failure and rejection, the more is available to you because the more you're willing to to try. Like, you know, I'll do things that are just insane. People are like, what do you know? Like, that's never going to work. And okay, fine, you know, because I'm more confident now uh, with being exposed to these situations where I feel super uncomfortable. So it's getting comfortable with discomfort really opens the aperture of like what is available to you in life.
0: Yeah, that's very uh, inspirational. I, I love that you do that. It's a, it's a great lesson just to live your life. It doesn't have to be as extreme as living in a cave for a few days, but you know that one or two things that you're fearing. Joseph Campbell said, and this is literal to you: the cave you fear to enter holds the, the treasury that you seek, right? And it's uh, and that could be the smallest thing. It could be, okay, I always go to the grocery store, and there's this woman there, the cashier that i I always want to talk to, and I'm just. You know the conditioning kicks in. I'm too ugly or whatever. And one day you say, you know what, I'm going to have that conversation with her. It's like, that's the cave that you just entered. And it it isn't until you do that consistently with your fears that you start to actually be a human being, become a human being instead of a human doing. Because when we get those thoughts, Robbie, that you can't do this, you're too ugly or too stupid, whatever it is, has nothing to do with you or your potential. It's all about your conditioning. It's these paradigms. That we want to become aware of, and then just choose a better thought, choose something that's gonna serve a better decision because you cannot escape a prison if you don't know you're in one. And a lot of people are in mental prisons. And I love that you do this activity. It's actually inspiring me to be more um, outgoing with my fears. Uh, Perfect example, I was just in Mexico, Tulum, actually two weeks ago, uh, and I was at a mastermind with some of the doctors I work with, and we were going to the cenotes, me and my fiance. And one of the cenotes was, underground in this cave. And I used to have a lot of claustrophobia, a lot of like, I used to panic in small spaces to the point where I did the small little things like going to go in an elevator, going to elevator with two people. If I And I've gotten through a lot of that, but I haven't done something like this. And I ended up not doing it. I, I'm saying, yeah, you know what? It's not worth it to me to do this. You guys do it. And my fiance did it. And she said it was one of the best experiences she had. It made her trip. And I'm like, damn. I should have done it, and now you're sharing this. It's like I should have done it, and that's a learning experience for me. So I love that you shared that, dude. Thanks, thanks. And then you know, one point on
1: that is now I've kind of almost taken it too far, and my and it's it's interesting because like yeah, you can go and like that for me was all I had to hold on to because I was like at my low and an addict and was like okay if I can do this like my life I'm going to be happy you know and now I've gotten to a point where that's no longer what's driving me. And now I have this problem with balance. And so it's not anymore, like, how hardcore can I get? Because I'm actually like living in those situations that are fearful. Now it's can I be present and enjoy the small moments that are mundane and day to day. And so instead of like having to go and skydive to conquer fear, can I just be, you know, present in the park going for a walk looking at the sunshine. And so that is now something new I'm trying is like being more accepting and like surrendering in the mundane. And so for people listening, like, you know, it doesn't have to be fear, you know, it's like, where are you at in your life? And what is holding you back? And when one thing works, lean into that, but let it be for you. Um, so I don't want the the message to just be like, I need to conquer fear. It's like, that's, for me was something that was bothering me. But now, you know, something else is bothering me. And so it's just really being like, aware is the key to all these things. I think.
0: Well said, self exploration. Be aware, self-exploration comes after that. Robbie, where else can they go find you? So we're going to put a link for your app, Othership Breathing app down below in the podcast notes. You mentioned your Twitter, but where else can they find you?
1: Yeah, so I talk about everything on Twitter that we're building, LinkedIn, and then uh, Othership.us is the site for both our physical space where you can check out videos and book if you're in Toronto and also follow along on our next locations. And then it's also the, the app. And so App Store, Play Store, Othership. Breathing app. And then we do uh, concerts as well, live breathwork concerts. And they're meant to make um, being social like fun without alcohol. And so will have 100 people, live music, sound healing instruments, vibrating beds, all kinds of stuff. And so we do tours around uh, the US. And so, you know, just DM me on Twitter if you want to be added to that list.
0: Yeah. You were just, you just told me you were just here in Miami uh, last November, which is uh, the best time to come to Miami that time. Uh, that's awesome, Robbie. Thank you for being who you are and how you show up in this world. And I love that you want to fix that 0.8%, uh, 0.8 people of close friends, the stat that you mentioned, that's a terrible stat. Thank you for the app that you created. Thank you for your self-exploration. And uh, I had a great time with the conversation and I think the listeners did as well. So please share this with somebody you believe could get, get value from a conversation like this, Robbie. And I appreciate you taking your time to spend part of your day with me. So thank you, brother.
1: Thanks, Ben. I love Tell my story, and hopefully there's a tactic that helps. And just really grateful you invited me on.
0: Thank you so much for listening to that entire conversation with Robbie Bent. Hopefully you now understand the difference between parasympathetic and sympathetic, and why you want to really balance that out. If you're inspired to go get his app called the Other Ship Breathing App, click the link in the podcast notes down below. It is a super fun, easy to use and very beneficial app. Download it today by clicking the link down below in the podcast notes. If this episode was valuable to you, please consider sharing it with a friend. Please leave the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcast and continue listening as we're going to keep bringing you the best of the best on the Camp podcast. I want to acknowledge you for listening to the entire episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the entire episode and spending part of your day with me. I'll see you on the next one.